0: selection from Calvert Library's digital collection is Everything said is Untrue by Daniel Nayeri. All Persians are liars, and lying is a sin. That's what the kids in Mrs. Miller's class think, but I'm the only Persian they've ever met, so I don't know where they got that idea. My mom says it's true, but only because everyone has sinned and needs God to save them. My dad says it isn't. Persians aren't liars. They're poets. Which is worse. Poets don't even know when they're lying. They're just trying to remember their dreams. They're trying to remember 6,000 years of history and all the versions of all the stories ever told. In one version, maybe I'm not the refugee kid in the back of Mrs. Miller's class. I'm a prince in disguise. If you catch me, I will say what they say in 1001 Nights. Let me go, and I will tell you a tale passing strange. That's how they'll all begin. With a promise. If you listen, I'll tell you a story. We can know and be known to each other. And then we're not enemies anymore. I'm not making this up. This is a rule that even genies follow. In the 1001 Nights, Scheherazade, the rememberer of all the world's dreams, told stories every night to the king so he would spare her life. But in here, it's just me, counting my own memories. And you, reader, whoever you are, you're the king. I'm not sucking up, by the way. The king was evil and made a bloody massacre of a thousand lives before he got to Scheherazade. It's a responsibility to be a king. You've got my whole life in your hands. And I'm just warning you that if I'm going to be honest, I have to begin with the story of my Baba Haji, even if the blood might shock you. But don't worry, dear reader and Mrs. Miller. Of all the tales of Marvel that I could tell you, none surpasses in wonder and coolness the one that I'm about to tell. Counting the Memories, Baba Haji Kills the Bull My very first memory is blood, slopping from the throat of a terrified bull, and my grandfather, red-handed, reaching for my face. I would have been three at this time. Maybe I have memories before that, I don't know. If I did, they'd be flashes of tile patterns or something. I can make it up if you want. But really, it was the blood, and the bull braying, and the gurgling sound. People ask, really? Really, was it blood? They ask because they don't believe me. And they don't believe me because I'm some poor refugee kid who smells like pickles and garlic and has lice, and I'm probably making up stories to feel important. I don't know what the American grown-ups have for memories, but they can't be as beautiful as mine. So they laugh. They don't touch me, but they roll their eyes. Okay, they say. It is, I say. It's one of two memories I have of my Baba Haji. I promise. I haven't been careless with it. My heart clenches it like a fist. Like gripping a ball bearing as hard as you can. The fingers dig into the palm, and you don't even know if it's still in there. The knuckles are white, and you're afraid it fell out, and you didn't even notice. You're just clenching nothing until your nails cut into your palm, and you bleed. The memory is small, barely a few pictures. His face is one still image. It begins in a big gold car. It isn't real gold, just painted the color. It was so big, the seats were two couches on wheels. The car drives on a dirt road through a desert in the middle of Iran, specifically on the road to Erdistan. That doesn't mean anything to you, probably, even if you had bothered to pronounce it. I could have said, on the road to skip this word, you're a dumdumstan, and it would be the same. It was a desert in a faraway land. You want a map? Here's a map. When I say the words, people think it may as well be Mars or Middle Earth. I could say we drove a chariot pulled by camels, and they'd believe me. But it was a Chevrolet, and we were normal back then. I wore sneakers with Velcro, and I had a dad. He had a bushy red mustache and could make weird faces to be funny. He would blow out his cheeks and furrow his brows like a super serious chipmunk. He drove... My mom sat beside him and handed us pieces of pistachio cardamom cake. The road went up and down like an ocean. On either side was sand that could suck down half the car before we even got out. Some places the sand blew over so you couldn't see the road at all. My dad drove so fast it was like a boat going up a wave and crashing down the other side. My sister and I would shriek as our butts lifted off the seat. My mom would say, Ugh. Masud, slow down. You'll kill your children. But this was the road my dad knew by heart, because he was born in Ardistan and he was going home. He drove hungry for his mom's stew and yogurt. His dad was my Baba Haji. This trip happened every weekend for a while, so this part isn't my first memory. I'm just telling you how it happened every time. The drive would have happened before I saw Baba Haji slaughter the bull, but I'm not certain. The cake could have been rose and honey, and my mom could have said, Ah, Masud, not this again. His mom could have made kebab and yogurt. But those aren't differences that make a difference. The next image is parking outside of the stone walls of my grandfather's courtyard. I see myself, because this part is not my own memory. It was described to me by my mom. So imagine from up by her head looking down at me. I'm three years old. I wore corduroys. I carried my stuffed sheep, Mr. Sheep-Sheep, in one hand, and a stick in the other. I wanted to be a shepherd. My cheeks were chubby, and people pinched them constantly, so I scowled a lot. I was the serious chipmunk. "Ach, so cute! The cutest boy you have ever seen, my mom would say. I'm now in school in Oklahoma, and no one agrees with this. I'm told it would be dusk in the village of Artistan by the time we arrived, The sun shined red behind a dusty mountain. The house was surrounded by a wall, ten foot high. It was six hundred years old and made of stone. The garden was inside the wall. It was lined with mosaic tiles. The trees were almond, peach, and fig. At the center was an inlay fountain that cooled you with its whisper. In the corner was a well. But we hadn't seen any of this that first time. I just know it because it's a place in my mind. I could go there now if I wanted. When teachers brought us to the Sod House in Oklahoma and told us it was 98 years old, I asked why they made a museum out of it. The teacher looked at me like I was simple. Because we preserve and cherish historical things, she said. But no one lives in it? No. So every 98 years, people move out of their houses and turn them into museums? She looked away at this point, probably because her answer would have been, "'What are you, simple?' "'Okay, class, hold a buddy's hand and keep moving.' The first time we went to Ardistan, the time I'm telling you about, we got out of the car outside of the walls and heard the sound of men shouting and hooves clonking on the stone. My dad said, "'Stay here,' and ran around to the entrance to see if it was one of those demons who hide behind the hedgerows. We didn't stay there, of course.' "'He wasn't the kind of father you listened to.' "'I remember approaching the gate. "'Louder and louder the men shouted. "'Curses! Yalla, yalla!" "'I turned the corner. "'In the courtyard, by the well, was a bull. Four grown men from the village struggled to hold it down. "'A giant beast. "'Its eye was black and bigger than any marble in my collection. "'In it was a swirl of panic. "'Sweating, shaking, insane with fear.' A knife lay on the stone where one of the men had dropped it. The bull saw me. Its eye looked at me. I remember this because it was the only time I've ever been begged for anything. The bull let out a sound I can only say was like opening your mouth and and trying to push all the food out of your stomach. One of the men slipped off the wet hindquarters and fell. My dad ran over to help but before he reached them, my grandfather emerged from the house. He wore sandals, and his muslin pants were rolled up to his knees. I knew it was my Baba Haji, even though I think it was the first time I had seen him. He stepped off the porch and walked toward the confusion. He shook his head at the mess they made and sucked his teeth in disgust. In a single motion, he leaned over, picked up the knife, and pushed aside the man grappling with the bull's horns. I heard him say, Here. Like... Here, let me do it. Then, with one hand, he grabbed the bull's horn and pulled it sideways. I could no longer see the bull's eye, only its exposed neck. With the other hand, my grandfather stabbed the knife into the bull below its ear, then pulled down and around to the other ear. The whole neck opened. Blood poured onto my grandfather's bare feet. The bull's legs buckled. I heard a gargle. The men stepped back, relieved and embarrassed. It collapsed. "'My mother must have been the one who screamed. "'My vision went black. "'She had covered my eyes. "'I heard her say, "'Ach, Masud!' "'As if my dad should have known. "'Underneath, her hand was the color red. "'The next memory was back at the car, "'outside the walls. "'Mom, very angry. "'Dad, kinda laughing, "'cause whatever, farm life, you know. "'He thinks she's overreacting. "'She won't go back until they clean up the blood. "'He explains the men were running late.' The bull should have been slaughtered hours ago. My grandfather's only grandson, me, had come. What else did she expect? It occurs to me at this point that the feast was for me. The bull must have known that I was the right person to beg. I could have saved it. My three year old brain doesn't know what that even means. When I tell this story, I don't tell anyone about that part. I was just a little kid back then still. They'll think I want their pity. In America, they distrust unhappy people. But I don't want pity. I just wonder if they'd had that feeling too. The one where you realize it's your fault that something beautiful is dead. And you know you weren't worth the trouble. When I opened my eyes, my Baba Haji was looking at me. This is the only memory I have of his face. It was craggy, his beard white and red. He had a knit skull cap and a permanent squint from working in the sun. He reached for my cheeks. He smiled at me. His hands were still red with blood. Behind him, the animal was bleeding on the stone. The blood pooled and flowed toward the drain, a red river. Oklahoma also has a red river. It is not red. In some places, it's not even a river. That was the first memory of my grandfather. My second memory is not a true one. It's the kind that you invent in your head because you need to. On the phone once with my dad, I was in Oklahoma. He was in Iran, where he stayed. He said, "'Your Baba Haji has a picture of you on his mantle. Every day, he weeps and kisses it. I imagine him doing this. I don't know what the mantle of his house looks like, so I make one in my mind out of rough stone.' I don't know the picture he had of me, so I make it the one from Will Rogers Elementary School in Edmond, Oklahoma. He holds the frame in his shaking hand. He cries for me. My dad tells me Baba Haji's only wish is to see me before he dies. I say, okay. It's my job to give this to him. If he dies before he sees me, he will be the bull. It will be my fault. I make up this whole memory of Baba Haji the vision of him by his mantle so I can hold it every day. That is all I know about him for sure. I don't want to speak about it anymore. If you enjoyed this chapter and are hungry for more, this title is available as an ebook on Hoopla. If you're enjoying Book Bites, please be sure to follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if there are titles or genres that you'd like to hear, Please email us at calvertlibrarybookbites at gmail.com. Visit calvertlibrary.info for more information and stay tuned for more bookbites.